0: Awesome man, your sure, new coach of the Idaho State Bengals, Coach Ryan Looney out there in the Big Sky Conference. Coach Looney, how does it feel to have that job out there at Idaho State, man?
1: Feels good so far. We uh, definitely have a lot going on, but uh, kind of knocking stuff off the list uh, one thing at a time. And I
0: see you've hired a great staff out there as well. And I know it's very key when you get, get, you, get your new job to hire a good staff, and I feel like you have a great staff. Talk a little bit about the staff you've hired out there so far.
2: Yeah,
1: I felt um, right away that was an important piece uh, to get in place. Um, Our university did a fantastic job uh, kind of speeding that process up. Um, Human Resources got it done relatively quickly, uh, and they're all uh, slowly making their way to campus here uh, this week. Um, But we hired Jared Fay from the College of Southern Idaho as our associate head coach. Uh, We got Joe White. Uh, who has been the head coach at Lane Community College in Oregon as one of our assistants. we got another guy named Chris McMillan who's going to come here from the University of Illinois-Chicago. And then Davis Furman is our graduate assistant who followed me to Idaho State from Point Loma.
0: Yes, indeed. I, I mean, that's, I was, that's always very key for a coach. I, I just tell people all the time, I mean, you have the right staff, right people to help you develop your young men and you can de- delegate things to the coaches as well, take some a little bit off your plate as you adjust to the new role, have guys to support you, and keep the program afloat as you handle all the media obligations, boosters, administrative kind of things. So I feel like it's good that you have a great staff already in place and coming to your real soon.
1: Yeah, for sure. Uh, we knew that that was a huge uh, piece, like I said, going into it. Uh, I feel like they're guys that can definitely work well together. I think the group of us will develop fantastic relationships with each other and, uh, in hopes that that trickles down to the student-athletes on our team too.
0: Now, coach, now you've been a head coach at the NAIA level and the D2 level, so what do you feel like be the, big, the biggest adjustment for you coming from those levels to, to D1 that have been a head coach?
1: You know what, I just I look at it as the next challenge uh, for me. Um if I thought it would have been too big a one, I, I wouldn't have taken the job. Uh, at the end of the day, basketball is basketball. Uh, I know being a Division One coach now, there's going to be some other responsibilities that come along uh, with that, um, and I'm excited and uh, fortunate for the opportunity.
0: Now, Coach, if you could share with the listeners here, uh, I know it's a little bit difference for scholarship-wise from D2 to D1, so if you could explain what's a little bit of a difference between coaching at D2 and D1 that you already know of.
1: Well, the scholarship uh, thing is definitely different. At Division I, uh, you get 13 full rides, and uh, a student-athlete can either get everything paid for uh, or nothing as a walk-on. At Division Two, it was completely different. Uh, the Division Two school can use a maximum of 10 scholarships, uh, but the coach and university have, at their discretion, uh, the ability to break that money up uh, in any way they want. So I always would say you could literally give a guy a $5 scholarship uh, or a full ride. Uh, it would almost more like working with the salary cap, um, although on a much lower uh, level of money than maybe like a professional sports uh, organization would. Yes, indeed.
0: Yes, indeed. I, 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 didn't, I learned something day myself. I didn't know that that, that was how it was. Indeed, too, like a salary cap system almost. That's that's bananas.
2: Yep. <laughs> wow. Yep.
1: For sure.
0: Never for sure. A and it definitely it definitely presented a whole different
1: set of challenges when you're trying to build a roster.
0: I can only imagine the headaches you got trying to figure out how to distribute that money around and keep guys happy. Keep people that can only imagine the headache you had with that coach. I'm, I'm a, yeah. I can only imagine. Yep. I, I, I think about this plan on Madden and salary cap and NBA 2K. <laughs> Whoa, yeah,
1: for real, sure. Real life money.
0: Yep. Oh, yeah. That, that would hurt me to my soul, yep. coach.
1: <laughs> yeah, we uh... – i have been doing it for a long time, so we kind of had it down to a science in regards to what we would do with our resources uh, from year to year. Yes,
0: indeed. Now, coach, recruiting wise, uh, I know there's five ways you can get players to Idaho State: would be high school seniors, grad transfers, transfers sit one and play, how many years they got left, international guys, or JUCO guys. So, which one of the five ways do you feel like you'll be going to trying to build your program, or you do or a mixture of all? Depends on the fit for you guys.
1: Yeah, we're going to turn over every rock. Uh, Obviously, we're going to recruit high school kids that can be in the program for four years, but we'll recruit uh, junior college kids. We'll recruit guys who may be interested in transferring from another four-year university and grad transfers as well. Uh, At the end of the day, uh, regardless of their situation, uh, we'll just be looking for the same type of kid in regards to character and then obviously skill level on the floor too.
0: Yes, indeed, and also a coach recruiting guys on the roster now. I know when you're a new hire, you have to really kind of build a, a rapport with those kids quick before they want to transfer out of the program. So, how's it been getting to know know your new guys? Kind of maybe get on the court, order before final exams here uh, start here next week or so here. So, how's that been? Kind of getting to know know the guys that you have and getting them guys to buy it and what you're, you're trying to sell and build this program going forward.
1: Yeah, it's definitely been a work in progress. Uh, when I was hired, my family and I immediately flew. Uh, to campus. Uh, The first day here I met with them uh, collectively as a group. Uh, Shortly after that uh, I did an individual meeting with each player on the team just trying to get a gauge in regards to who wanted to really be at Idaho State uh, and who didn't. Uh, Right now we know and into the summer uh, our workouts will start up next week. We've got nine returning players uh, on the roster and our staff is working hard to potentially bring in uh six or seven here late this spring too yes
0: indeed and also getting the job uh you can early here you can really implement your system a little bit when in the workouts you now you have four hours to work out and, uh, from the two that used to be for the d1 guys so getting to kind of get the, the team building player development piece is really important for you this summer you got to kind of get a feel for your guys like what you have on the roster get them to like, so get ready to expect what they can see it come october and november here
1: Yeah, the player development piece is huge. I'm excited to get an opportunity to start working with them here uh, shortly. Uh, Our development is going to come in a lot of different uh, areas. Uh, On the court uh, is definitely one of them, but we know that we need to help guys uh, develop their bodies too. So a big piece of what we do here these next eight weeks during the summer is literally going to be weight room and conditioning.
0: Yes, yesterday is very important. And, Coach, uh, for your team, uh, when when somebody watches Idaho State next year, what do you want them to to take away from watching your team play every night out there and out in the Big Sky Conference there?
1: Well, we definitely want to be a great half-court execution team. Uh, I think if you were to talk to people in basketball in regards to the teams I've coached in the past, uh, that would be something that they would be uh, very frequently identified with. But at the end of the day, uh, I think it's been a little bit of uh, a journey. But I think we always try to have offense in our rebounding, and I don't think I see that changing here. Yes, indeed. And good thing
0: about uh, if, you, if you play defense every night, uh, you can fit offense around whatever you have. But if you defend on any of the court, stop them from scoring, you always have a chance every night.
1: Yeah, for sure. And that's why I said it, that you got to control what you can control. Uh, and we can definitely do that with our effort and the habits that we developed in regards to defense and rebounding.
0: Now, coach, non conference scheduling wise, I know that you probably have some guarantee games you have to play to raise money uh for the for the school budget there, but beyond those guarantee games, uh what kind of games are you could try and play non conference wise, kind of build your your team some stamina and some callous as they get ready to go into the Big Sky Conference, which has been a very tough league, getting better from each year with tra- Travis DeCure, those guys in Montana kinda of, kinda of leading the way out there.
1: Yeah, I mean, we got to be careful what we do uh, with our schedule. Obviously, we do need to play some guarantee games uh, to bring in some money. But also, we need to be able to find some games where we have a chance to uh, have some great success, too. So we we got a number of uh, different things that we're working on. The former staff had some games already in place. Uh, Just off the top of my head, we'll go to Wyoming. We play Air Force. We're at Washington State. Uh, and now we're working uh, to make sure we fill some dates with some home games as well. well I guess because I can ask some coaches this
0: at D one uh, about uh, who are some coaches individuals who really help mold you as a coach to make you the man you are today and the coach you are today.
1: You know what? Uh, a lot of different things. Um, some of and a lot of my experience was at the small college level, but I worked for some really great people, but also coached in some. Uh, conferences at a young age where people like uh, Bo Ryan uh, was at uh, when he coached division division three at Wisconsin Platteville and then uh, I was an assistant at Minnesota State Moorhead when Don Meyer was the head coach at uh, Northern State so I always looked at those guys as people who uh, um, were uh, someone to look at to kind of target uh, and mold my career around.
0: It's funny you mentioned Don Meyer coach uh my mom went to Lipscomb. I went to Don Myers right. basketball camp as a kid. So that's, that's yeah. funny how you mentioned yep. Coach Meyer there.
1: Yeah, for sure. Yep, he uh, was a fantastic basketball coach.
0: Yes, indeed. A great man as well. Uh, I almost went to Lipscomb coach, but I told Tennessee State because Tennessee State had football. So my mom wanted not to play yeah. Lipscomb Bison. I said, I want to play football, mama. But Tennessee State was the <laughs> school I went to. the It's right in the same town, yeah. but I still spurned her. She hated it. She hates it to this day that I spurred her school to play football at <laughs> Tennessee State. <laughs> yeah, I bet. So, I, so I, actually, if let's had football, I would have I went there. <laughs> you know what they did at the time. But, yeah, yeah, I, coach, yeah. I definitely love Coach Meyer as well, and, the Big Sky's league, coach. I, I mentioned earlier, the league is getting better. A lot of great teams in the league. So if you got a chance, to kind of from afar, watch the league from afar, see what kind of coaches in the league and how did the, how did those guys play out there yet?
1: Yeah, I grew up in the Northwest. Um, obviously, since probably a young kid, have followed how Big Sky basketball has gone. Uh, obviously, recently Montana, uh, Weaver State have been very good. Northern Colorado's on the rise. A number of other programs have had some success too, but it's also a league where there's been a lot of parity. I think just a short time ago, uh, over a five year span, there were five different conference uh, champions. So we're working. We know we got a little ways to go, but we will hope to get ourselves in that conversation here soon.
0: Coach Looney, has been a pleasure to talk to you today, Coach. I'll talk to you again down the road, man. If you get to a, play a game out here, out near here, Atlanta, man, little to come by and see you guys play, man. So hopefully Tech will play you, or Georgia He'll pay you all some way to come out here and play, man.
1: Yeah, that'd be great. I appreciate you having me.
0: Anytime, Coach. Have a great day out there. We'll talk to you real soon now. You too that's people here my heart skips
3: skipping the beach and not close enough so that space between you and me let's lose it the no. way you are dancing and sway into the music girl that body and how you move it every time you cross my mind girl
2: I lose it Alexa play the country Heat playlist okay
4: with Amazon music a voice is all you need. Get tens of millions of songs. Download the Amazon Music app today.
0: All right, what's back here on Jared the Boss Man Show? We're here with the new coach of Northern Kentucky Norse, Coach Darren Horn. Coach Horn, how's things up there in Northern Kentucky, man?
4: Doing great, man. Trying to get settled. A lot going on, as you can imagine, but uh, really a great place. Very fortunate to be the Norse head coach. Uh, John Brandon did an outstanding job here. Uh, The program is really on the rise. Kind of energy-esque in our program and, and at the university as well. Really a great place.
0: Yeah, Coach, I feel like you, you're going to a great situation because, Coach, is good to, go to come to a job where you don't do too much rebuilding. You know, you just got you can tweak here or two and kind of put your stamp on it that way, but really it's really been built up pretty well for you, you can come in and kind of keep that train going.
4: Well, de- definitely a lot of returning guys, and, and not just returning guys, but returning guys that have produced and have won, uh, which as a head coach you really like. Uh, Now, it it should be stated that they they did lose or we did lose the best player in school history, statistically, the leading rebounder and scorer, Drew McDonald. So uh, I don't know that it's an automatic assumption uh, that all that gets filled, but uh, definitely uh, some stuff to work with. I really like the character of our guys and and the work ethic that they've shown so far, and uh, we're really excited about the opportunity.
0: And, Coach, I know you've Texas for many a years after you left South Carolina there. Um, what about this opportunity to come back to your home state of Kentucky, uh, come back sit to a program that you know the Giant Brand did a good job at? So, what well, are all, well, all the factors, including those two I just mentioned, that kind of bring you back over here to the North, so and lead those guys up there in the Highland Heights there?
4: Yeah, you know, I, I think a big part of it is it's a program that's winning, and it's a program that I think can not only continue to win. Uh, But can continue to take some steps. Uh, You know, again, John and his staff did a terrific job, two tournaments in three years. Uh, You know, the next steps to take are to try to win some quality non conference games and find a way to get that win in March and then some late tournaments. So we're we're really trying to, going to try to do the same things that that they would have done if they were still here. I I think that's the biggest thing uh, that stands out. And the other thing is, uh, I'm very comfortable in the area, had a lot of success at Western Kentucky recruiting. Uh, the area that we need to recruit to be successful here in Northern Kentucky, and including uh, you know the Indianapolis and and Kentucky and Ohio areas, and so uh, I think those two things, uh, you know, uh, opportunity to win and and being a program that's on the rise and and an area that I'm familiar with and and, and feel like I can do a good job, in because of my experience and contacts.
0: West Kentucky you did a great job there, coach. You, 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 you've proven you can know how to build up a up and program. West, West Kentucky you was doing real well there. And so I feel like fans in North Kentucky should y'all show know hey, we got a good guy who knows the area, he's from the area, who knows how to get the guys we need to get in this program and and saying, you've shown out previously you've proven you can coach at the love and do a great job in that state.
4: Yeah, you know, I think the programs have some real similarities. Uh, Western Kentucky's been doing it for a longer time. Uh, Northern Kentucky's, you know, uh, not too long into the Division I, uh transition. But, uh, you know, the one thing that's, uh, that they've got in common is that people that really care about basketball, people that really support their program, we've got an unbelievable uh, facility. We get great fan support, and, uh, and there's room for it to grow. And so uh, that part of it is very exciting.
0: Yes, indeed. And coaching the Horizon League, the league's always been so. Even when I was younger, I'm in my 30s now, coach. So I've always known that the Horizon League had a great ball even when I was younger. So just think about you got Mike Davis up there. You got Oakland's always been good as well. You know, all the United uh, State's always been busy Coach Nagy's been good the last few years. So, so it's a great league with great coaches and a lot of competition to get every night. When you guys play, it's going to be very hard, no matter who you play up and down the, down the league there.
4: Yeah, there's no doubt the Horizon is a league that's on the rise uh, and, and has an opportunity to to compete for for two bids here at some point. Uh, it's uh, a lot of basketball programs that have good basketball tradition, uh, programs that that are growing and getting better. Uh, the, the geographical footprint is good. It creates some natural rivalries. Uh, you know, us and Wright State uh, have really battled it out the last couple of years. From the top of the league, great proximity with them being. Only over in Dayton. And so, uh, you know, I I think that there's a lot of positives uh, with being in the Horizon League. And, coach,
0: if, with, with, like you said, where, where your location is, right there by Cincinnati, you got the Indianapolis, you know, the Dayton right there at you guys. It's a good spot for you. You can get guys five different ways, in my opinion, coach. International guys, grass transfers, to sit one, and play how many of they have, usually have left. Uh, also, the Juco route, and the high school senior route. They build your roster out.
4: Yeah, there's no, there's no doubt that we've got some flexibility here because of our location, uh, you know, league that we're in. Uh, you, you know, we, we've really got the best of both worlds here. We've got an outstanding university, uh, tremendous technology here uh, at the university in terms of the programs. We've got one of the few informatic programs in the country, which is, is something that's new and, and on the rise. And, you know, uh, as you said, we're, we're at a great state school with, uh, you know kind of a state school feel and a great campus but man we're we're six miles across the river from downtown Cincinnati so you truly can get the best of both worlds and and I think as you said from a recruiting standpoint uh, not just geographically in our own area uh, but get into the transfer market get into the international market and uh, really got the, some flexibility with that
0: is And, Coach, also, uh, get the job now. You can kind of get an eye for your guys to read the tape here, to get a development plan for your players as they come back for some, some here. because you can kind of implement your system, kind of figure out what you got, kind of get those guys, if you, how you're going to run things here going forward.
4: Yeah, you know, I mean, this summer will give us an opportunity to get with these guys, and, and uh, you know, I'm sure there will be a lot of things that are, are really similar. You know, there, there's some foundational – uh, things and winning basketball that take place. and then this is a team that's won an awful lot of games the last uh, a couple of years. and so uh, I, I know some of that will be uh, probably very similar, but just in terms of uh, you know that there, there'll obviously be some tweaks and we'll put our touch on it. so it'll be a learning process uh, not only for the guys but, but but for us as well. you know we want to make sure that uh, you know we, we build on the positive things that they did do here uh, individually and collectively. Uh, to be successful and so we'll have the summer to work with that. We have a foreign trip, uh, to, to the, the Virgin Islands in August. So we'll get 10 days of practice. So I uh, really have a good opportunity this summer to jump in and hopefully. Get a head start on on that transition that you're talking about.
0: Yes, need coaches. Folks, for the folks who have not seen your teams play, like I watched Kentucky, South Carolina over the years. Uh, how how do you want your team to be known? For how how, how the playing style to be known? Because it's rare know for the coach for a team to be known to play hard and having identities. What you want your identity identity to be with this team starting here going forward in this year.
4: Yeah, I think the two words that come to mind are aggressive and attacking. Uh, you know, we, we want a team that uh, on both ends of the floor uh, plays really, really hard. Great aggressiveness, and then and then attacks. And, and offensively, what that means is is playing with a level of freedom uh, for our guys that uh, allows guys to take care of their individual uh, abilities and, and, and really uh, use their versatility. We we love offensively to have the kind of versatility where. Uh, guys are playing multiple positions and, and at least four guys, if not all five on the floor, uh, can shoot the ball uh, from the perimeter regardless of size or position. And so uh, those are the kind of things that we'll try to do in, in building our program, especially in recruiting.
0: And now it comes schedule wise coach. I know it's when area you're in, you can, you can get good games from different cut schools, two for ones or home and homes really good because of where you're at. Now do you guys can play guarantee games in Northern Northern Kentucky or are you all pretty much the schedule however you want to schedule in that regard.
4: We, we we have a couple games that we play uh, on the road, uh, but it's only two, which is not bad, and, and we can be pretty strategic about that. And 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 I, I really would love to grow the schedule. That's one area uh, where where the scheduling hasn't been very hard. hasn't been uh, a lot of national names or, or, or recognizable names. I think the challenge with that, though. They are to be honest with you, is I don't know how many people are going to be able to get to come back in our building. It's a tough place to play, yeah. uh, and our program has been really good. So we definitely want to do that, uh, but it's one of those things that's easier said than done uh, simply because uh, people aren't signing up, uh, you know, lining up out the door to sign up to come into uh, our building in the BB&T Arena and have an opportunity to play.
0: A very nice running you guys have. I've been up there a few times to see you guys play when Coach Brennan was there. So a the really nice running you guys have there. Since uh, they play there uh, while they were doing their place. So you all have a, a top-notch place, but I can say you all have been good for years. I've been around Ron Hunter all these years, and Josh Passman, Georgia the i No, noticed that when, when you're good, they don't want to play, especially if you have the zone that Ron, Ron, Ron Hunter, Hunter play that zone, they want to play that either. So I, I can only imagine the skills Skelter can give you guys. We've been around those those guys here in the ATS
4: yeah well you know what what happens is they, they want to play you but they want to play you at third place and so they want to play in a neutral site they don't ever want to come back in your building and that doesn't help northern kentucky university so sure uh, we, may, we, may, we may have to get creative in our scheduling in some ways uh with with hopefully some neutral sites as well to to try to get some of those kind of opponents we're talking about but we would love to get uh to the point uh where we're able to get those kind of teams in our building
0: and, culture. who have been some guys in your career who really had a good impact on you coaching-wise really helped you mold you as a coach to who you are today?
4: Yeah, you know, I mean, I, I mean I, it starts for me with Tom Crean, uh, you know, the head coach of Georgia now. who was at Indiana and Marquette. He recruited me as an assistant to, to be a player at Western Kentucky. And then I worked for him for four years at Marquette as we built that program, uh, you know, with Dwayne Wade and, and then eventually on to the Final Four. And so – uh, you know, great influence from him. And then I, I, I got to tell you what, Jared, I learned a ton, uh, working for Shaka Smart the last four years. I mean, you want to talk about a guy that's not only one of the best college basketball coaches in our game, uh, but also just an outstanding, outstanding person. Uh, really, uh, just tremendous, uh, guy to, to, to learn from and to work with. And so, uh, the, the, those two guys really stand out. My college coaches, that I played for, Ralph Willard, huge influence on me. Uh, but, you know, and, and also my high school coach, a guy named Nolan Barger, who uh, won a ton of games in Lexington, Kentucky, and, and uh, really gave me a great uh, foundation in, in fundamental basketball.
0: And I saw his assistant at Moorhead State, Coach. I know uh, about Moorhead. I went to Tennessee State University uh, for, for my college career. So I know about the, going, the Morehead going to Moorhead and going into the OVC. So I said, oh, Coach, home, OVC got a little bit there, too. So that kind of made me feel good as well, seeing you. I love OVC. touch to you as well.
4: Absolutely, spent some time at Morehead State for a couple of years, and of course, you know Western Kentucky was an old OBC team, so we still had some some games with uh, Murray State and and uh, played in that league. So, really, as you know, great basketball, you know, in in the Southern Ohio, Kentucky, down into the Tennessee area, great college basketball at all levels, uh, from from uh, you know your Kentuckys and, and and Indiana and those schools and Louisville's all the way. Uh, you know, like you said, in into the OBC and, and uh, other other uh, conferences as well.
0: And Consumer would say is a real fun story. I went to go to basketball camp to here at Tennessee State University under Frankie Allen. I ended up also being there on South Alexander. and ended up playing for the guy when he was still the coach there. So I feel like the OBC has been great to me because my, my mom went to Lipscomb in Nashville. So I'm, I'm actually a Florida okay. guy. So being my mom in summertime she'll see me at Tennessee State TSU for camps and things of that nature. So I got to, that's how I got to say, oh, I, I want to come here for college. So thank God Coach Simeon gave me a scholarship back in 2005.
4: <laughs> Hey, you, you, you never know why That's why you go to those camps, baby You go to get better And you never know who's watching, right?
0: Yes, indeed Yes, indeed, coach Let me add one more guy for you, coach Um, I know Kentucky's good, great for food I love, love the food in Kentucky I'd ask, you, ask coaches about these So, so I know you have been in a few days, coach But who, what they told you in Holland Heights Where you can get some great food at, coach well, Let's go for one and watch you guys play How can they go get some real nice food They can get eat when they go and watch the Norsemen I Win games next year The BBB and TC Center we are here real soon <laughs>
4: You know, I, I'm going to have to get back to you on that. The only local joint I've been to that, that's not a chain because, you know, we've been so slammed, we're just kind of kind of hitting fast food, to be honest with you, is actually a, a Chinese place, Oriental Walk. So it was really good. It was really good, but not, not, not necessarily unique to our region, obviously. So uh, I'm going to have to get back to you on that one, man. I know you can get a good bourbon here. Uh, in, in Kentucky and, and some good country cooking. I just got to find the spot.
0: Hey, man, I know you can, man, but I, I love your area because when I come up there, man, I just go up Cincinnati, come over the river, hang out, with from Chile. You know, so <laughs> I tell you, man, I love That's it. That's right. You're in a great spot up there, Coach. So I look forward to coming up there and seeing you guys play because y'all wrap at the road from me um, up 75 in Atlanta, so it's, gonna, know, it's a short drive for me to come up there and see you guys play So I love what you guys have going on up there, up there with the North, Coach. Best of luck to you, man, because I know it's a great gig that you just picked up there.
4: Well, we're we're really excited about it, and uh, you're welcome here anytime, and and uh, we'd love to have you,
0: Coach. Warren, thank you for your time. with A.M. look for seeing you on the road recruiting in at ATL, man. We got some coach, that's some great players here. As you already know, Coach, some great guys here you can maybe use up there, man. <laughs> get get, get have to play with you, man.
4: Hey, I, I've had a couple <laughs> Georgia guys in the past, and they've all been good. So we'd love to have one.
0: Thanks. All right, Coach. Thanks so much for your time. Have a great one, talk to you real soon. Now. Okay, take care. All right, it's Darren Horn on The Boss Man Show.
1: Till the tears run down from my
5: eyes, Lord, somebody, ooh, somebody, can anybody find me somebody to love?
4: Alexa, play hits from Queen.
2: Okay. Somebody to
4: love. With Amazon Music, a voice is all you need. Get tens of millions of songs. Download the Amazon Music app today.
0: I was here to drive the Boss Man Show talking to my man from the AJC, D, I on the let better. The man himself comedy call D around here.
3: D, how you doing, man? I'm doing great, Boss Man. Just getting ready for Rookie Minicamp this week and, you know, kind of getting out of the fog of that draft and, you know, trying to get some downtime here in off offseason.
0: I had D-led, man. I'm telling you, that draft, man, to me, it, it was a drag to me, man. I was just disappointed. I feel like the Falcons pretty much just said in the draft, we were injured last year. That's why we didn't have a good year, and the coaching was not that good. So they got like rid of scapegoating Mark Manual. Manuel, scapegoating uh, my man, what's the best for doing Sargisian, and saying, hey, injuries <coughs> in the coaches, and that's, that's why we drafted the way we drafted this year, because it was injuries. I, I was, the draft left me very underwhelmed.
3: Yeah, myself too and uh, you know, maybe they're right this time. But
0: uh, you know, the last time they tried to build the
3: line through the draft, they messed it up, taking Lamar Holmes and Peter Cons and uh, you know, they're trying to build the line again here. If they hit it, uh, you know, it'll be it'll be uh, you know, pretty good to have two of those spots for the next ten years. But if those guys can't play then they wasted opportunity. Uh, to get better players, and they gave away draft capital
0: in the process. Exactly. That's part part that got me. You traded back into the first round and gave up your second and third picks for this other guy. And if I'm not mistaken, didn't they sign two guys in the you no know, as well for the line as well? So are they going? Are you saying they're going to be starters automatically? I don't see these guys being starters per se I'm off the rip.
3: Well, yeah, I don't either, but they signed uh, – James Carpenter, who's a little bit older, so, you know, you can have a bridge guy for him. And uh, then you find Jamin Brown, a younger guy who's played a little bit but not have not been that good, but they gave him $5.5 million. So, uh, and Ty Sambrello, they, they gave him, a, you know, a nice little piece of change, too, for somebody who hasn't been a uh, Pro Bowl-level starter on a long-time basis for the NFL, so for the Falcons. So, uh, they put some the money on the line. Uh, they drafted people on the line. Uh, the, the message is clear. Hey, we got to protect Matt Ryan if we're going any forward, moving forward with anything else. And uh, so much so that the, the problems on the defensive side of the ball, we're not even going to pay them any attention right now. We're going to uh, try to put our head coach over there and have him fix that side of the ball.
0: And that's the fault that got me, d is that defensively, I still see no depth on, on that defense. I said, Oliver, you're hoping he steps up. You're hoping, believe it, Ray Ray Wilson is not the, the main guy. You got Casey there. You got different guys. kneesman uh, as well. Like I just feel like they, they just pretty much said, we got hurt. Our guys are back very good. Yeah,
3: no question. They're going to get the guys back. Uh, you know, the uh, uh, fourth-round pick, Sheffield, they think he could play outside. He's fast, uh, but he's going to be able to play right away. Then the uh, – uh, Later pick, Jordan uh, Miller from from Washington. He's the inside guy, so you put him at the nickel uh, behind KZ. And then you're counting on Isaiah Oliver to come through and Ricardo Allen to get healthy and Keanu Neal to get healthy at the safety spot. So, uh, you know, that's your secondary. Then you hope Trufant could get back to the Pro Bowl level he was playing at before he tore his pick. Uh, you know, uh, if you can do all of that, if all of that goes right for you, uh then you are you know, you'll be in pretty good shape. But that's a whole lot of variables that you need to line up for
0: yourself. We can you talk about the line, I mean Kaminsky to me, I love his energy. I heard Charles Davis kind of talking him up on the draft coverage, but I, I mean that means we're trusting Vic and Tack to rush the passer, Grady Jarrett to do his thing, try to get a new deal. We'll talk about that later. But I feel like once again they're just saying, Hey, Dan Quinn, defensive coordinator now, he, he has his side inside the ball, he got it.
3: Yeah, no question. I mean, when a kid comes from the Division two, no matter what type of physical skills and uh, talent that he has, he's going to be going up against grown men here in the National Football League. And you wonder, hey, if his body can uh, uh, hold up under that pressure. Uh, can he? How fast can you get him ready to play 10 snaps a game? Or, uh, you know, if you want more out of him sooner, you going to um, be taking a big gamble. On a division two guy, even though he might have the physical capabilities and the, the mental makeup to do it, but no matter uh, how you slice it, it's a gamble. Even though he does have uh, great measurables and so forth, so uh, you know you can br- you know you want to bring him along slow, but you need somebody to play now. So that's the conundrum that the Falcons will find themselves in uh, with this here fourth round pick, John Kaminsky, out of University of Charleston in West Virginia.
0: Now D. Led, uh, which players has this draft put on its own to really, really step up, or they're off the roster now.
3: So which draft, which draft, Buffman?
0: Uh like uh, which which players out of this on the roster now with this draft is gonna have to really step up to keep that spot on the roster. I think one for me is Brian Hill. I think that drafting that running back means Brian Hill, he's to have to be a fullback or he's off the roster. So who are some guys on this team that he really needs to have a great OTA training camp to hopefully save their spot on this roster come September?
3: Yeah, I think you're right. We'll start with Brian Hill because you got Quadre Oleson and you got uh, the uh, running back Marcus Green that, that they drafted. But uh, Green's more of a wide receiver. They just said he was a running back so that they can get more wide receivers to sign here. Uh, so so yeah, Brian Hill's certainly on the bubble now. Uh, line wise West Schweitzer's on the on the uh, bubble now. they already let uh, Brandon Fusco go so uh, West Schweitzer can't be far behind and in the backup tackle room, Matt Ganoa's is gonna have to show uh, what he can do on the line. So those are the line guys. These two cornerbacks, but they got spots for the cornerback so nobody's in trouble there. Uh, because they let Robert Alford and Brian Hill go already. So, uh, Sheffield and, and, uh, Miller will be, you know, they'll be able to make it. And then the, uh, you know, def- you got the line, then you got the defensive tackle. Uh, he's going to be able to play, uh, the cornerbacks are, are, or okay. And the running backs are okay. So, uh, you know, they got to beat out Brian Hill back there. So, uh, there's a spot for the wide receiver too, because, uh, you know, they let Marvin Hill go. So, there's, Russell Gage is five. He could be six. So, uh, if he could do the returning, then he'll earn the spot on the team as the sixth receiver. So, uh, you know, it'd be some adjustments because uh, they got too many tight ends in here now. Saubert, Cooper, uh, Paulson, and Luke Stocker. So, uh, you know, Malarkey likes those big blocking tight ends. So, Saubert might be the odd man out in the tight end room. Uh, you know, because he's not a big blocking type, although maybe you can get him through to the practice squad and keep him around that way. Uh, but, you know, it was a couple of years back, they did keep four tight ends, uh, and maybe they will this time around also.
0: Now, I'm thinking Luke Stalker also hurts Brian Hill as a fullback because Stalker plays a fullback in Tennessee last year, on, on under uh, Brayville and Malarkey a little bit. So, I feel like Brian Hill's real right now. If I was him, I wouldn't buy any house in the ACL right now.
3: <laughs> yeah, no question about it. He's bounced back and forth between the practice squad and even a stint with the bingos. Uh, you know, he got to play a little bit last year. They also got Jeremy Langford, the old Bears, back. Uh, but, you know, if they're going to run it, you're going to keep a lot of backs around to run it through the preseason for you while you getting Friedman ready to go. Uh, yeah, and Luke Stocker did play some fullback, and they talked about that. Uh, so, Ricky Ortiz and uh, uh, Brian Hill and uh, Quadre Olison, you know, you all all of a sudden have some pretty good options as fullback, too. So, uh, we'll see how that unfolds for them here as they move forward.
0: Now, I want to ask you about uh, Matt Brown's old story, but do you – are you one of the ones on the side that going with Giorgio Tavecchio is a good move? I feel like you want to bring back Matt Bryan. He's money. The guy towards hamstring pretty much on 57-yard field goal for you. So, I mean, you really want to let that guy go with Giorgio Tavecchio, who showed in Oakland. He kind of struggled a little bit. I know he played well for us last year in Matt's place, but going with him over Matt Bryan to me kind of rubbed me the wrong way. Did he lay on, on it that, on that move? for about, about Dimitrov? Yeah, a lot of the people did,
3: too, and – uh. I think they were waiting to see, you know, where the money was going to go. Uh, you know, if they were saving a big money by going with the younger kicker, uh, they needed some money for the line. But, you know, um, uh, it turns out they could have kept Matt Bryant at his salary. And, you know, if I thought they were using it to keep Bruce Irvin or somebody like that. Uh, you know, if it was a lot of money to help men uh, keeping a better player, then okay, but it didn't really do that. Looked like they just decided that Matt Brown was getting old at 44 and that, um, you know, they couldn't kick him from the distances they wanted to kick him from anymore, you know. I know when Mike Smith was here, he would only kick him from 53 on in. And uh, we saw Dan Quinn try to kick him from 56 on out, uh, you know, last year and got him almost hurt. So, you know, maybe they wanted a kid with a bigger leg, maybe not as clutch as the old man. But uh, you know you should be able to get close to their 56 anyway, uh, and uh, they're expected to, um, you know, elected to move in another direction in the kicking game. I don't, um, I, I understand it. You know, you saving salary, going with the younger, more lively leg, but you're giving up clutch performance and a uh, surefire guy under pressure in Matt Bryant.
0: You got there right. And speaking of Dimitrov, one more time delayed. I hate the – I read your tweet about how he misled those players. To me, it's dirty. Just say what he is. You know, you don't have to trick anybody. Oh, he's running back. He's really a receiver. I feel like that was so dirty. And those guys who would take sign, I wouldn't trust him based on your tweet alone. If I saw that, one of those guys, I saw your tweet. Yeah, well, I listened to his interview on SiriusXM, and, I mean, I didn't make it up.
3: That's what he said. You know, it was him. Uh, talking to uh, the people on Sirius XM about, you know, where they listed them as a running back just because they wanted to sign the wide receivers and then nobody would come and sign with them, you know, if they had, you know, X amount of receivers already drafted and in camp. So uh, it's probably a common practice around the league, but yeah, all kinds of stuff going on when they're trying to sign you, um, You know, here in this era where you just have a seven-round draft, you know, back in the day, that had been 13 rounds. You draft who you wanted, uh, but now you got to compete on on the uh, free agent as the undrafted college free agent market. And, uh, you know, that was a little, I'm sure there's more things going to that, but yeah, it was a little bit underhanded for the receivers that ended up signing with them.
0: Now we're talking about Julio Jones' contract. I haven't heard much on that front. I I, I know his numbers. He's probably going to want twenty year, a million a year, sixty million guaranteed, in the hundred million dollar range. Is that what you're hearing? Is it getting any closer to getting done?
3: Yeah, he did talk about that too. He felt like he was in a better place there uh, with Julio. To you know, uh, he had told somebody else that it was going to be done in two weeks. Of course, that's been three weeks now, so uh, we haven't heard from. Uh, uh, him or Jimmy Sexton and, and in and Julio's camp on when the deal's going to get done. Uh, and then, you know, Grady Jarrett, they're like, okay, well, you know, he's got the 15.2, uh, but for the first time, they said, hey, you know, maybe he's just going to have to play for, you know, that this year and uh, we'll just keep talking and just give us another year to talk. So, uh, there's not been any good movement on that. He did sign it, so uh, he's ready to go on that 15.2 but um, I'm wondering if his uh, representation is pricing him out of a good deal, trying to get a great deal, uh, you know, with Aaron Donald resetting the market. You know, he can't get, you know, he ain't going to, he can't ask for that type of money, but he wants so to get okay. in the neighborhood at least. Yeah, he want to, He wants to get in the neighborhood at least. He doesn't want to be way out left field. And uh, I understand that.
0: Now, lack of our cap space is nothing I want to talk to you about because I know you cut Brandon Fusco, got about three point nine million in cap space. We have enough money to sign any rookies, and our our rookies on that draft pool, and also enough money to sign maybe a post June first cut or two here. Uh,
3: yeah, it'll shake free, but right now, you know, they got four of the rookies signed. Uh, That money will come off June one. So with Ryan Schrader. Uh, but, you know, most of the guys that are out there or, or uh, big money guys like Sue, uh, uh, Ziggy Ansah, Eric Berry, you know, those are $10 million plus a year type guys. Uh, you're not going to get them in here for $6, 7000000 And You don't want them in here for $6, 7000000 million, uh, you know, uh, messing up your locker room flow uh, because they feel they're being underpaid. So those guys that are out there. Are gonna be uh you know Sue got 14 from the Rams last year so you don't want him in here at five uh you know that's not gonna be a good uh you know uh, attitude adjustment for him so yeah there'll be some money available but uh, I don't see it for any other big name free agents that are still out there on the street.
0: That's what I got for D. Is this dirt cutter? Uh, I read we talking about he want to balance on first, second downs, so not be so predictable. Uh, do you feel like we'll still have that inside zone, outside zone scheme that Shannon, that Shanahan ran and Sarkeesian ran, or is he going to go back to what we saw when he was on the, hill, on, on the, on the Mike Smith there, out of the level of personnel there?
3: Yeah, he's going to he's going to use probably their short yardage attack and keep the inside-outside zone. That's what Coach Quinn wants to play, and that's what he's going to call. Uh, and, you know, the gap gap, gap stuff is uh, for short yardage. So that's why you got the bigger linemen. Uh, you know, if he's going to try to run outside zone with all these, the, the bigger linemen, uh, then that's going to be uh, pretty much a disaster. Uh, but, you know, if they can get up the short yardage stuff, settled then they'll be in pretty good shape so we'll see how he's gonna mash it up he's talked about balance and the really time he only had balance was in jacksonville when he didn't really have a quarterback uh but you know he read led the league in rushing with maurice jones drew so he's got a quarterback he's got hopefully think he's got some running backs with ito and devontae that could run that inside zone and uh and some outside zone and uh You know, have Matt Ryan throw off of that. So that's what you kind of got to look at is the old Jacksonville offense uh, under Dirk Cutter when his first few years in the league as opposed to what he was doing uh, here in Atlanta or even uh, down in Tampa Bay
0: d you are the man you get. My listeners of to hear from you, and you came through for them, man, because you definitely got us caught up on these Falcons, man. I guess we all look for the same way, man. We're underwhelmed, we're disappointed. We're we hoping for the best, but we know how it is in Atlanta. He comes end up the worst.
3: <laughs> well, hopefully they got it right, and we'll be there for you and the fans whenever they need uh, to hear from us. And We wish everybody well, and uh, enjoy the rest of the offseason.
0: Same with d Hold it down, man. Get them cigars popping, brother. I know you love them. Get them popping, man. Go, go to that new can new spot. It's real nice.
3: <laughs> okay, we will do. I'll check it out.
0: All right, lay Have a good one, buddy.
3: All right, boss, man. Take care.
0: Y- all right.
1: It's maybe the night my might let me know.
3: All the stars are closer, all the stars are Tell me what you're going to do, to me? Confrontation ain't nothing new to me. You could bring a bullet, bring a sword, bring a morgue, but you can't bring the truth to me.
5: Alexa, play Kendrick Lamar and Scissor.
2: Okay.
4: With Amazon Music, a voice is all you need. Get tens of millions of songs. Download the Amazon Music app today.
0: All right, folks, back in the Boss Man Show. Time for Boss and Bone. Yes, Boss and Bone. Night is some unnamed coach thinks that he was fired so i'll let bone (laughs) respond to this unnamed coach who thinks he's fired so bone what's up man talk to your boy
5: hey what's good man i'm glad to be back i'm glad that you rehired me (laughs) upon request from your uh from your friend of me i I find this guy very funny actually he's kind of like uh like a less dangerous trump in a way because i do find him amusing i don't want to take him serious and his hate towards me i find it very amusing actually and the sad thing is if i had to vote this year i would have voted for him for the year and he's coached my favorite player in the league and he's beaten the team that i hate so honestly we're kind of like frenemies as well i guess
0: yeah, he might enjoy hearing that. I don't know if he'll change his opinion of you, but I think he'll <laughs> like hearing that. For now,
5: <laughs> I mean, and, I mean, don't get me wrong; it, it, it's, it's not an olive branch on Sunday I'm not saying an olive branch. I'm just saying facts that we have the same enemies in, as far right now. You know, you know, as far as in this round. So right now, I'm cool with him. But you know what? Like I said. I find him funny and harmless.
0: Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. And they Bone, let us getting to the, the Giants draft, man. Uh, they oh. took Daniel Jones. Uh, I was shocked when they drafted this guy. Uh, when you could add Dwayne Haskins potentially, but Gettleman is gonna get him, obviously. And Gettleman, <laughs> Gettleman, and he got Daniel Jones. He, he's also said it. Daniel Jones can sit for three years. Are so you telling me you're going to re-sign Eli Manning for two more years to be around and, and clunk it up out there? I mean, I don't know what Dave is doing.
5: I don't think anyone knows what Dave is doing, but Dave knows that he is the smartest man in any room he walks into. He, he swears that he knows something that we all don't know. Uh, but i tell you what, it's, I, I just don't understand that the philosophy uh, of last year where you bypassed, all the quarterbacks on the list except for Baker Mayfield who picked, a, picked a, you know at first the draft. So he had a second pick in the draft. And as great as Saquon is, and as great as he will be if he stays healthy, uh, he was the best player in the draft overall last year. But that wasn't the need at that time. Uh, but Dave thought that they can squeeze one year out of Eli. So they bypass the quarterback of the future. They go get the running back and try to restock tools around Eli. Only find out that Eli is cooked and that team's not very good. So now they're starting to do a rebuild on the fly. And they bypass probably the best QB on the board in Haskins. But side note, what I say to you months ago about the Giants drafting black quarterbacks. I'm not saying it's a thing. I'm just saying that they don't they haven't done so yet. You, so, you called that.
0: You did call that. <laughs> I agree. You called
5: it. Yeah. I, 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 I on top of my head they drafted Andre Woodson, I think in his sixth round, from Kentucky. And he's mixed. So that's a, yeah, so so that right there tells you the Giants' history of black quarterbacks. Uh, so, I, I didn't ever think that it was going to be Hopkins at six. Uh, but I didn't sure think it was going to be uh, Jones at six. And it's funny because uh, Gettleman swore that there were two other teams uh, that were going to pick, half, uh, pick uh, Jones before 17 came up. And I know guys in Denver, like I said, you know I'm a Broncos fan, but I also have friends on the Broncos beat, and they swear John L. would never even have thought about Daniel Jones at 10. And the Redskins were all in on Haskins, because you know, they had history as far as you know, Snyder and his son and so forth. So there was those two teams right there I think of off the bat, they had no desire to pick Daniel Jones at their slot. So get them in, either lie to or just lying. And if he's lying, that's not really different from what I hear from guys on the beat, on the Giants beat. Uh, he he tells a lot of stories. Remember, he didn't sign Odell Beckham to trade him. He signed Odell Beckham and he traded him. So uh, I don't know what's going on with the Giants. They still have really a pass rusher. The, the sad thing is they had a pretty good pick, two good picks in that, that first round at 17 and I think 31. Uh, but there was a pass rusher we be had. All right. there's Josh Allen. Kentucky and I'm not being biased. Josh Allen was played high school ball in my hometown here in New Jersey, in Montclair, New Jersey. So Josh Allen was a was a hometown kind of guy. He's an area guy. He was the best passenger on the board and you bypass him for a project who you think is gonna play not into another two or three years. That's absurd.
0: Yeah, the Giants are gonna be itty bitty men here real soon. And the New York <laughs> Jets. Uh, drafted uh, Keith Alabama-Williams. Uh, I know they traded those second-round picks to the Colts last year to move up to get their quarterback in Sam Darnold. Uh, what are your thoughts on the Jets draft overall? And has McKagan and uh, Adam Gaines got off to a good start, in your opinion?
5: Yeah, I think they yeah, have. I think they, they've they spent money wisely. They drafted wisely. They traded wisely. And we're now in a bizarro uh, dimension of sports, uh bossman man where we have the clippers are now the the great team in la and lakers are a clown show and the jets are now the budding rising uh franchise in new york and the giants are now the jets were it, it's a weird thing right now in sports and i'm not sure if, if i like it too much It's kind of scary
0: yeah very scary and it's also scary that. To- could the Brooklyn Nets be a more viable fringe option for guys than the New York Knicks? Because I get you got Mills, Perry, and Fisdale there, uh, but you still have the man upstairs, that <laughs> non-sinking jabroni, James Dolan.
5: Yeah, I want to say this slowly and maybe quietly, because I know I have a lot of Knicks fans, friends who listen to his broadcast. Uh, going to the Knicks is highly overrated. Everyone says, oh, because it's the Mecca. Listen, I've talked to many guys on, in the NBA over the years. I've covered Knicks for 10 years. And when the guys come in, superstar players come to the Garden as a, as a road player, they told me, almost to a man, it's much better to come in the Garden once a year if you play in Western Conference, come and once, just come once a year, put on the show for the fans, and then get out of town because no one really wants to deal with with, with the clown show that is a Knicks and Dolan. So w- what these guys want to do is come and put on the show, put on you know like a dancing performance in the Garden, ha- have their name chanted as a road player, and then dip. No one wants to call the Garden home for 41 games. I'm, I'm sorry, I, I, it's a it's a fact. Unless they're going to back on their brain truck for guys like Durant and and, uh, and Kyrie, uh, I tell you what, most guys don't want to come to New York because they don't want to deal with all that, that and the sideshow factor. So uh, Brooklyn, to me, is a more enticing uh, offer. I mean, I do like Fisdale. I've been a Fisdale fan since his days in Miami and assistant coach. I like him, but I, I like Kenny Atkinson a lot. And I think Sean Marks and Brooklyn, I think they're doing it right. They're doing it with youth. They're doing it with drafts. And now they have, they have enough cash Essentially, if they renounce uh, D'Angelo Russell, if they they trade him or move him, they'll have enough money, almost enough money, as the Knicks.
0: Yeah, I see him being a, a D'Angelo Russell. I think, especially after his little incident with he he had, and he, he put on J.R. Smith there. Uh, I think he'll <laughs> not be a net next year. That's just my prediction. Based on what yeah. I'm hearing on the streets around the NBA land, because this is the time of year the phone across the buzz, not like that.
5: <laughs> yeah,
0: I, I, I tell you what,
5: I the like Angelo. You know, I'm a liquor fan, so I liked him in, in LA. Uh, I thought he got a, I thought he had a raw deal, even with on and him, Nick Young. I still I thought he had a raw deal. He's come on strong this last year. He had a great season, and, and uh, you know, he's an All Star and everything. But this is just dumb, bad thinking and bad timing. And if Sean Marks wasn't already thinking about moving Russell to create even more cap space for a Kawhi or a Durant, now D'Angelo's given uh, Sean Marks and the company that he's given ammo to say, you know what, we can't trust you, and that's all the manager needs is to tell a player we can't trust your decision making. So it's now time for you to go, and if that happens, it's on D'Angelo.
0: Now we've talking since the Lakers' uh, fiasco started, even even in full, more full force. What are your thoughts, Magic Johnson, resigned right before the Lakers' last game of the season, and he didn't tell anybody he did it via his uh, impromptu presser?
2: <laughs>
5: Magic is not built for managing an NBA uh, franchise or roster. We saw it uh, back, I believe, in ninety. I was ninety-eight. We came as a coach, and coached what, uh, 16 games. And there were five and eleven, and he just couldn't hack today's player or the player at that time. He didn't like that kind of player at the time. He just can't hack it because he has so many other ventures out there. He has, you know, the, the movie theaters and the, the Starbucks, and he has other ventures out there where he doesn't have the the time. There's enough hours in the day for him to do a real grind. He's kind of like the Black Phil Jackson. He puts his name on things. Uh, As far as an executive, but he doesn't want to grind. The the everyday grind is not for him. It's not. And and I think Palinka saw that, and Palinka was, I think, what Magic called the snakes in the grass behind him. That was Palinka, you know, shooting off emails, bad math of Magic saying, Magic's in Hawaii. Why isn't he here in LA? Like, you know, Magic wasn't built for being an everyday executive a grinder. Jerry West is an NBA lifer, he's a grinder, he's an everyday guy. Pat Riley is a grinder, an NBA guy like Magic is not that kind of guy. He has too many ventures, too many tentacles out there.
0: Yes, indeed. And, and what is funny like about the Lakers fiasco that Monty Williams chooses the Phoenix Suns and their crappy owner, Robert Sarver, and their crappy, crappy facilities over the L.A. Lakers?
5: Yeah, it, it says a lot. I think it says a lot towards Monty that he just wanted to get back in the game as well because he had toiled an assistant and coach for so many years. And I like Monty. I, I thought Monty would have been a good fit uh, as a head coach for a young roster. But the asterisk is LeBron. And I don't think Le- I don't think Monty would have been a good fit for LeBron. Uh, but for a young roster on the rise, yeah, I think Monty is a good pick. Now, will Sarver get out of the way? I don't know. Uh, Sarver is, is is James Dolan West. Uh, so I, I don't know if Sarver gets out of the way. But he lets Monty build and let Monty coach. Monty can have success out there especially if they get a very high drastic. if they If they get Jai or, or or Zion, if they get that and they pair with Aiden and Booker, then you have a very good young and affordable nucleus on the rise. So I, I kind of don't blame Monty. I'm not sure if everyone was taken seriously with L.A. because you know LeBron wants Ty Lue. But uh, if, if, if there was an option, I don't blame Monty for going to Phoenix.
0: Okay, Bonad, I'll close you out with a Florida man story. A Florida <laughs> man was arrested... I was using head clippers to cut off his girlfriend's baby daddy's junk after he hugged her and cupped her booty at a birthday party, which he brought their pre- their previous child together to the party. So he beat him down, <laughs> got him down, cut his junk off with head, head clippers in Florida.
5: Head clippers? Ooh, head clippers. That's, <laughs> yeah, that's, that's personal. Like, like, where do you have head clippers? Is he a length clipper on the side? Like, like, where do you get head clippers from? I at his ass is ready. Cause you know what? I'm going to go to the car. I'm to get the. I'm a. That's guess- first guess- <laughs> for you. Like, where do you have that at the ready?
0: Exactly. Like, you got there, your trunk is waiting on to cut this dude's junk off. If he if he hugs the girl, look, he was there before you was there, my man. You both. If you ask yeah. me, you both are even. You both got kids by now. He he calls line by cupping the booty. Yeah, he. he but it, he don't lose his junk over there though.
5: <laughs> yeah. That that's not junk uh, losing worthy and also now you gotta think about it on a serious note. He had kids and now those kids don't have a dad because there's no way heck this guy is getting out of prison anytime soon after that.
0: <laughs> no, he's not, so folks <laughs> that is <laughs> boss and bone for you. Bone is back into action. He's been rehired. Uh it's so, just, yeah, just, just the chagrin of a certain head coach who I know is listening as we speak. So- <laughs> yeah.
5: You know what? And I'm saying thank you for right now the 3-1 lead. So I guess I, get, I guess right now I gave it away by saying that a certain coach has a 3-1 lead. But thank you, brother. I appreciate it. I appreciate you for beating the Celtics. I appreciate you for having me be rehired at, at your behalf. I owe, you, uh,
2: I owe you a cup of Joe if I ever see you again.
0: Yes, indeed. Folks, that is Austin Bone
2: here. Hello, my name is Travis Williams, president and CEO of Academics and Athletic Consulting. Focusing on educating and empowering tomorrow's collegiate athletic leaders. My passion is for the education and genuine concern and care for today's student athlete. It's the centerpiece of my life's work. A college education, both in and out of the classroom, is a truly rewarding benefit. For more information on AAC, you can go to www.academicsandathleticsconsulting.com. Once again www.academicsandathleticsconsulting.com or you can follow me on Facebook at Academics and Athletic Consulting or Twitter at CoachTWill24 or Instagram TravisLWilliams24 or you can call me at 404-542-607. Once again,